Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To this broadcast belongs to them. What's up, everybody? Oh, don't pick your nose on YouTube. I do it with my knuckle. I'm classy. All right, at least you're classy. That's all I meant. If we pick, do we not bleed? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. What do you expect from me? I did a pound of blow right now. Really? Before the show? Some bitch took you this long to tell me, break it out. <laughs> I guess that's what you needed to listen to this week's album, Wrestle Fates 9. It would certainly fit its energy level. It would. No, I actually, I actually really like this album. Um, very good album. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, the, it's the last uh, album they've done since, what, 1999. Jesus. So, yep. Nine, man, he has a hard on for nine. He does. He yeah. does. There's nines everywhere. Mm-hmm. What's the meaning of that? Is this some satanic thing? It's a satanic number. Yeah, it's all the all some something about uh, a lot of numbers add up to nine. Uh, how it works out, I don't know. I I want to really kind of figure that out. I was okay. actually thinking if all his albums were released on a certain date because they would round up to nine somehow. I don't. Wasn't know. that the ninth album? There's too many it's, of them. Uh, There's a seventh so. album. Seventh album? I think so. Uh, you think we would know? <laughs> oh no, nothing yeah, about nothing. It, it, is it should. She's correct. I just seven. did it in my head. Yeah. You would think it, it would be nine. Album. And then the song nine is the tenth song on the seventh album. <laughs> Figure I that. Think it's nine. Oh. It probably all ends up to nine at, somehow. Uh, I noticed when I was looking at different uh, reviews and information about this album online earlier today that the fact that the track nine is number 10 on here 
really, really pisses a lot of people off. <laughs> <laughs> that seems so arbitrary to me to duck to deduct points from an album for something that stupid. Yeah. Yeah. People that get upset with that have like the most easiest life, live with their parents, they don't pay for anything. I mean, imagine getting upset over that. And not yeah. that they raised your yeah. electric bill. It's OCD. <laughs> a little OCD. Yeah, that's, that's a little bad OCD. Yeah. That's all it is. It's all right. We'll forgive everybody that watches the show if that's you. All right? We'll, I'll forgive you anyway. I won't. Go he forgives you. <laughs> he we just lost like five you. subscribers. Thanks. We probably gained a few in the BDSM crowd. Yeah. yeah. When are we going to? When I close the door, I open a window. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to nine and uh, get this over with. Um, well, so it's again, your hurry, Val. Oh, I'm very tired. Uh, again, uh, another album cover with the uh, sim- something similar to "Don't Break the Oath." Like uh, "Dead Again" was kind of similar. Well, actually, it was "Don't Break the Oath," and then this one's again a picture of Satan on the front cover. But it's yeah. cool. And actually, the same guy who did Don't Break the Oath and some of the other oh, Russell covers. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. Really? Yeah. Cool. But yeah, this is so much cooler than the Dead Again cover, though. You know? Yeah. I mean, it really represents well yeah, it does. Uh, them channeling the old days. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost like Merciful Fate is back. This, for me, personally, is my favorite album they did in the 90s. Yeah. I put it up there right uh, in the shadows, time, nine. Those are my top three of the 90s. Yeah, I love time. But yeah, yeah. because I, Satan is back. Holy I love crap. both of those two. Oh, and yes, Satan my is back. God. And this is almost like <laughs> Merciful Fate's thrash. He's got a wings. Too. Right. Yes, it it's a yeah. little more straightforward. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, and we'll talk about it when we get into the song. It's actually a song in this album that King hardly uses for Seto at all. A little tiny bit. Yep. Guys, remember what track that is? Hint, it's my favorite track on the album. Oh. Hmm. It wasn't, and it wasn't my favorite track till I saw him play it live, and then I thought, damn, that is a good song. And now it's like my favorite. It's so killer, but we'll talk about it when we talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it when we talk about it. But let's start at the beginning. Last Rites. Uh, after the previous album, Dead Again, this is almost a breath of fresh air, the way this album kind of starts out going fast from like the beginning, you know? One thing I noticed, and it's a theme throughout this whole album, there's flange everywhere. There's flange on guitars, there's flange on bass, there's flange on his vocals, and there's probably flange on drums at some point in here as well. Fuck, man, speak English. It's you a bit more. <laughs> you don't know what flange is? No, I don't. It's when it sounds like it's underwater. Okay. Not flan. Flan is a delicious Cuban dessert. Flan. Yes, it is. I like flan. Lisa described that well. It sounds like, you know, the instruments are kind of like underwater sound. So there's a lot of this. Thank you for speaking English there, Lisa. But, uh, yeah, it starts off with that with the guitars. And then uh, I don't know what to expect with this album because, you know, the last one kind of slow throughout the whole thing. And this one just starts off really fast. And uh, I love, I loved it from the first notes he hit. Even his vocals sound a lot better, I think. I love the, the uh, double bass drumming. The dueling guitar solo sounds a little bit more like classical Merciful Fate than the last album. 
Uh, and I think the band kind of got it on this one, you know, Lisa. I agree, man. I think this is a kick-ass album. I do have some issues with the mix and with some of the choices that were made. And we'll probably talk about those song by song. Because I, I first heard that guitar tone on the intro and I was like, yeah. oh, no, we're lost <laughs> in the 90s. Because this is an album I missed. I was like a working bluesaholic by this time. By right. the time this came out, I was working in blues clubs all the time, and I was listening to a lot of blues. So I missed this album. But yeah, I heard the first in the intro, and I was like, oh, no. And then it just like punches you right in the face, and it just really kicks into high gear. And uh, the, there's, you know, there's some high stuff. And his voice sounds a little rough. His voice mm. sounds kind of different just on this song. But mm. I was thinking, is he just trying to be really gruff? I don't know. Uh, the fucking solos are just killer blistering solos uh the the chorus kind of reminds me of the song the afterlife on time can you see yes that kind of reminds me of the afterlife i was at but hank sherman wrote this song so it's like okay i get it and the only thing that's weird about it is when he goes sail <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, oh, I like that. Part, I yeah. say you'll say you'll. Ralph, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a cool song. I like it a lot. But like, like you said, when it starts off, like, like how Dead Again was kind of produced and mixed, it sounded like it was going to be like that again. I'm like, ah, oh. and it still kind of is, but it the songs are better. Ralph, uh, right out the gate, man. Uh, straightforward crushing metallic onslaught on this one yeah. you know the whole i don't believe in heaven i don't believe in hell save it for yourself um yeah. great great be- the best the best track on this album to open it um little straightforward though it does have its little moments but i, I there's some songs on this album this is the most straightforward merciful fate album well, they don't really right. take a oh, lot yeah. of twists and turns. Yeah. Uh, this one, a couple, but it's it's just a pummeling, pummeling song. And uh, absolutely love it. I love Last Rites. One of my favorites on here. Yeah, it's a good one. Craig? Yeah, this is one of my favorite songs on here, too. And it is a really straightforward record. But not only is it, you know, faster and meatier than the one before, but they sound alive here. You know, that's what really bothered me about that again is they just sounded like they were going through the motions. I mean, I still like that record, but definitely not one of their best. This is my favorite after Don't Break the Oath. Really? Oh. Yeah, the guitar. Well, yeah, Melissa, Don't Break the Oath. Well, EP, technically, for mm. doing that. <laughs> anyway, not the point. <laughs> but um, even though it's really straightforward, you know, I... This album reminds me of Sabbath in a lot of ways, especially Dehumanizer, um, mm. where they kind of did something different but still kept that essential doomy sound. And they do that here where they kind of master the verse, chorus, verse thing and do their own thing with it without it ever get getting boring. But no, there's not a lot of progressive elements to it. But that doesn't really matter when they're doing the dual lead work like they are in this song. Yeah. Plus, he sings about the devil a lot. Again, he, he does, finally. which is uh, leads us to our next song, Church of St. Anne. Uh, I don't know, in a way, it kind of feels like he, he's trying to say Church of Satan, but disguising it as St. Anne. Well, yeah, it is. It's a play yeah. on words. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what I figured. But uh, they bring the song down a little bit on this one, a little slower than the uh, last rites, but 
it's still an awesome song. There's a lot of really great guitar, stand at guitar moments in here, and a lot of heavy riffs. Um, I love the the uh, verses and uh, especially the chorus too, where it slows down. And uh, even the lyrics for the chorus are really cool too. Who was talking? Yeah, sorry. Tell them I to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it's a good song. I, I like this song a lot, and he distracted me, Ralph. <laughs> Yeah, I like this one, too. It's an awesome mid-paced song with blasphemous lyrics. What's not to like? Uh, this is one of the standout tracks for me, man. Yeah. Um, this is one of those albums that I got right away. This ain't mm-hmm. like a grower-type album. No. Um, and this this is, a, this is a damn good song, man. I was really enjoying this when I first heard it. Yeah. But, this... yeah, Church of St. Anne. Awesome. awesome. Church of yeah. Satan. Yeah, Sabbathy. It's Sabbathy. It's got some bluesy kind of pentatonic riffs in there. Uh, it's got a badass ripping bass tone and some cool bass runs. The guitars are crunchy. Uh, got these dreamy melodic sections. I kind of wish at some point they had kicked it into a different gear, hmm. but it's okay because the whole album changes gears a lot between, from song to song. Hmm. So uh, it's a little bit proggy. The song just a little bit, but like you said, like you said, a lot. This is more straightforward, and they they kind of go back. It's they're more song oriented, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. But uh, yeah, very cool song. Uh, there's that weird guitar tone, that kind of flangy, overly flangy <laughs> guitar tone, like the flange is too fast. Yeah. That was from the intro on the solo, and so it's kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm not crazy about that. But you know, that's yeah. a stylistic thing. So. Oh, I was going to say, as much as I like this record and this song, that actually did bother me a little bit on this when I listened to it again for the first time in a long time today. That guitar guitar tone, especially on the transitions to the bridge on this, makes it sound Mm. really awkward when you first hear it. Mm. I mean, it's it's cool once I'm used to it, but I don't think that's how I would have done that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what color was that vinyl you just took out, Ralph? Uh, I think it was like, gray. Gray? Is your gray? Oh, yeah, gray. Wow. Oh, cool. Nice. Cool. That's got a regular black one. Uh, Greg? I, per- I I like black vinyl more than colored vinyl. I prefer my vinyl like... Uh, I, I like my vinyl like I like my, my Sabbath. <laughs> Me too. I like bl- I love black vinyl. I mean, color vinyl is cool and all now, now because yeah. they actually improved it where it actually sounds like a black vinyl. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know, a lot of times you go buy a vinyl, it's like the, the color vinyl is like a buck or two more. It's like, give me that black vinyl. I don't care. You know mm. what I got today? Nothing to do with. Oh, actually, it has a little bit to do with Merciful Fate. Okay, because I saw more open for merciful fate and i got this today it's a three vinyl set of this amazing album oh wow oh no nice. guys album, yep. uh, into yeah, the course. mirror black yeah. Oh, yeah. miamimetalmerchant.com you can get wow. this it's a three vinyl set three vinyls and it brings uh uh i haven't listened to this yet i just got this it hmm. brings a live show in Reseda, which is uh the I believe, yeah, because it's side one, side two, side three is the is the vinyl. The rest of it is live. 
And it's awesome. I mean, I think it's awesome. We'll see. <laughs> you know, do you know who they are, right? I saw, I've seen Sanctuary on that tour, and I saw him on Refuge Denied, open for Megadeth and Warlock. Oh, nice. and I've seen Nevermore more times than I can even count. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I love them. Yeah, I like Nevermore a lot more than Sanctuary. I love Nevermore too, but I don't know, man. I mean, I'm an older, uh, you know, timelines, everything. I've heard yeah. Sanctuary from. Yeah. They're to- two totally different bands, too, you know. Yes. Yeah. Sanctuary is a little more straightforward, yeah. metal, thrashy, where Nevermore is a little more proggy. And Nevermore opened the Nine Tour. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, I love that. All right, cool. Uh, Greg, did you do say, uh, Church of Santa? Can't remember. Oh, yeah. No, I really like this song. This is actually the one on here that probably reminds me the most of early Merciful Fate. This one has that real Melissa style dirty immediacy to it. Mm-hmm. But it's also mm-hmm. very Sabbathy. I like it. That's right. Uh, next, Sold My Soul. Love this one. Uh, again, with the flange bass this time. Yeah. Uh, brings the album back up a bit, a little bit faster. Uh, only thing that bothers me a little is that the lyrics are very repetitive. And maybe the song could have been shortened a little bit to like kind of get rid of that repetitiveness. But otherwise, I like the song. There's a lot of cool guitar riffs in here. I feel like he was a little lazy on his lyrics throughout this album, actually. Yeah. That's one of my only issues with it. But it works with the songs. I just feel like he was more inventive with his diction mm. in the yeah. past. Yeah. Well, maybe because the little bit of a change in the music maybe didn't work well with some of the lyrics if he would have wrote more extravagant lyrics like he usually did maybe they wouldn't have worked so well i don't know because there's not so I many changes and stuff in the music this time well, i think it's because because like the music he's kind of simplifying a lot here yeah yeah which which is very uh it's making me wonder what the next album's going to be like you know is it going to go back to like the original type styles are going to continue this way who well, knows? that's what they're saying. They're saying they're going to go back to the old stuff. They're going to have a more old-fashioned sounding album, they said. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Sold my soul, Lisa. I like it. It's different. It's kind of far out. You know, it's like some of these 90s albums, they have these like really hippie, trippy kind of elements to them. It's so like that trippy, flangy bass and then clean guitars and ahs and clean vocals. And at one point he sings like really low and clean and stuff. Mm. Uh, not the craziest arrangements, you know, it's more of a straightforward arrangement, but but it makes sense. And the song makes sense. The uh, uh, The transitions make sense. I think it's cool. I, I, it gets kind of Sabbathy and show your horns, you know, in the middle there, and you know, it's, it's a well written song. I like it, and it's kind of it's different. It's mm. it, it is different. Yeah. To me, Ralph. I like that epic bassline, bassline that kicks off the track, and mm-hmm. and this one does have some cool, you know, changes that is expected, and uh, I think it's in another. A killer track, and I love when King does that little spoken word, then belts out that chorus. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah. awesome! I love it. I love so much. So cool track. It is a cool track. He does that growly voice too uh, in that one part in the song. Um, yep. Oh, what the hell? What does he say? I had it in my head two seconds ago, and I lost it. Uh, after I, he says, "I sold my soul to the devil is due." He does his usual yeah. death metal growl, whatever. 
Yeah, he, yeah you're, you're all looking at me like you have no. Except I no, can't remember. Exactly <laughs> he used the flange. Used, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of flange yeah, on his vocals on this Flange on the snare. <laughs> he does do it as like a death metal growl after yeah. he yeah. repeats it like twice. I think I forget exactly where it is in the song, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. I think it's to the devil is due or something like that. He says, "Yeah, no, that's what he says." That's what he says. Yeah. The chorus, yeah. All right, House on the Hill is another cool one. It starts off with a double bass. Um, this one's a bit shorter, which is you know I think it's the perfect length for this song. It doesn't need to be long like the other one was. Too repetitive. Um, but actually, again, this is a little bit repetitive. Uh, uh, the lyrics, um, I really don't like how he does the chorus and uh, that extra little part where he says, in, wait, what did I fucking write here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really, oh, I really like how he does the chorus and that extra little part where he says, in, and it's kind of our, oh, in the chorus, he he sings it. And then he adds like another word in there, like the word in, and he, it's kind of like off sync with the other lyrics. You remember? It's, upbeats. Remember? it's all these upbeats. Yeah, something like that. It's whatever. all syncopated. But it's kind of off. But it sounds pretty cool the way he like threw that in there while he's doing the, the uh, chorus. So I think that was cool. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, a uh, really cool song. I like House on the Hill. You know, it's got it's pretty upbeat and uh, it's it's a fun song. Ralph. Yeah, it's killer, dude. It's a hard driving song. Reminds me of the pace of Egypt when Egypt mm. crying. And yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the lyrics are a bit lazy, I think, you know. I do, I do hear some thought put into it, but it's a great song, you know. I, I, I really dig this one. It's uh, kind of like a dark horse on here, I think. Mm. Uh, House on the Hill is pretty fucking epic. I love it. Let's go to the House on the Hill. Lisa. Mm-hmm. That's clobbering. It's relentless. This song, it kicks ass. It just starts right out, just kicking your ass. This bass guitar, it's headbanging. I like the chanted chorus. Usually he's got some kind of, oh, kind of chorus. And he's just like chanting in this in a way. And uh, the only problem that I don't, the only thing that I don't like about it is the punches in the middle. When they produced it, Whoever edited it, oh, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking just, about. Like, took everything out, mm. just sucked everything out, and it sounds, re- you know, cleaned, cleaned up in between the punches, and it sounds really artificial. It sounds really fake. I don't know if he had, they had some kind of technical problem where they were like, well, it's either this or that, and you pick which sucky thing, you know. But I doubt it. I think it would have been better off just. Leave the cymbal noise, leave the string noise or whatever, or the reverb hanging up, reverb tails or whatever. Mm. But yeah, that part really fucking annoyed me. But other than that, I think it's a kick-ass song. I forgot about that part. I actually like that part. It sounds yeah. kind of like a, a ghostly type thing, you know? It's kind of like it just, uh, like you said, it just kind of like stops abruptly, you know? It's weird, but it's cool. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't okay. Like Greg. I like it a lot, and I think that part's cool uh, a lot because, you know, this song's a belter, and this is one of the more pure thrash ones on here. And uh, I like the lower tone, lower octave vocals he sticks with and does for the most part on this album. I think it fits this song pretty well because it's more about the guitar between Sherman and Weed on this than anything. 
Mm-hmm. And that stop in the middle and just the way this is played kind of reminds me a little bit of 90s Megadeth, like early 90s, Rust in Peace mm-hmm. countdown era. And I like that type of sound, so I thought it was cool. But this is one of my favorite songs on here. I love House on the Hill. Yeah, uh, in Hill uh, is actually my favorite song on the album. Uh, and like uh, House, yeah, like a House on the Hill, uh, it just takes off with that double bass. And my favorite yeah. part is the the pre-chorus where they change up the beat a little bit and they play the scales down, and, and King's like singing over that. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, more flange. This time, King's voice in the chorus has that flange on it. Uh, this album should it should have been renamed uh, Flange Number Nine or something. Like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I love the dueling guitars in here as well towards the end. I mean, this is just an awesome song. I just I, I love it, Lisa. Yes, I fucking love this song. It's classic. It's got the classic King Diamond vocals, guitar hero kind of stuff going on. Uh, it breaks down to that Muppet groove. So it's like the classic <laughs> King. You know what I'm talking about? It's yeah. got these super tasty, like this dual solo that's like super neoclassical and like written out, super tasty. It ends, it's just like, no, 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 no. It just really ends abruptly. Uh, those chord changes, it's mm. these cool this cool chromatic mm. kind of chord, like you say, that really stood out for me too. That's yeah. kind of proggy. But again, there's some questionable mixing just as far as the taste goes. There's some questionable mixing in there, but you know, it's also maybe that's kind of, it's, it was the tail end of the nineties and bands like corn are coming up and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's, I, it, I, it might be my favorite one on the album, too. Yeah. That's a good one. Ralph? No, it's an absolute crusher. Uh, Straightforward, kick-ass. I love how uh, King delivers this song with those operatic parts he does. And uh, it's a simple song, but very effective. I find it catchy. And I give this one a solid 10. Not my favorite on here, but it's still a 10. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Greg, where are your angels now? Uh, um, in the outfield. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Anyway, nah, this is a great song, though. All right, good. I love how we... <clears throat> no, sorry. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Um, no, I love how we do the, the falsettos and the operatic on here. It really fits with it, but uh, this, the guitars in this song are amazing. Yeah, yeah they are. Everything in this song is amazing. It's an amazing song. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'd say this is my favorite one on here, actually, looking at the rest of the track list. I really like a couple of the other songs, but this one is definitely my favorite. Yeah. The Grave. Again, they slowed it down, like on the uh, Church of St. Anne a little bit. Very doomy, almost Black Sabbath or Candlemass sounding. Uh, I like how they change up in the middle of the song and speed up again towards uh, with the double bass. And then go back to the doom type feel towards the end. Really cool song, Lisa. Yeah, you know it reminds me of Zero the Hero. You know from that uh, Ian Gillen Black Sabbath. Yes, kind of reminds me of that. that. Especially that intro in the beginning, and it, it's kind of cool because I like I like the lyrics. They're occult. These cool occult lyrics. You know, it's a little mathy in the drums. So there's nothing super proggy about it, but there's a spark uh, where the kick drum flips over. And so they kind of switch up the beat a little bit. So it's got some, you know, 
it's got it's got some uh, cool little details in there. I like this part where the bass keeps droning while the guitar changes. The cake mm. bass keeps going and the guitars. So it goes along more with the drums. It's it's well arranged. And you know what I've noticed? And you know, Ralph, I think it was you that was complaining about how he would end with this vocal thing at the end. And he would always, you know, say something at the end of every song. And it seems <laughs> like on this album, it's like guitar outros. It's like a lot <laughs> of guitars. And he stopped singing long before the song's over. So maybe they were they maybe they were thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> quite we gotta possible. stop. We gotta stop doing that, man. <laughs> no, I, I believe it was Wayne that said that. Not Actually, it might have been Will. It might have been Will Carroll. Yeah. Oh, when we did I the could swear show. it was one of you guys. That was Will. Sings it says yeah. the same thing at the end. Yeah. Ralph, the grave. Uh this one's kind of filler to me, but it's like killer filler. Mm. Uh, it has some really cool heavy riffs scattered. On this one, I don't think it sucks at all. Don't get me wrong. It's just you know, what we've heard so far is like much better. Yeah. But boy, to have a song like this as filler is a good sign. Yeah. And it's not my least on here, uh, but uh, my least favorite. But I dig it. You know, I just feel like it's kind of there, and it's it's not skippable. Yeah. I wouldn't skip the song, but you know, everything that we've heard before it, I think, is far superior. But it's definitely killer filler. That's the best I can say about this. Yeah. yeah I think the whole album really is, you know. There's really no bad songs on this whole album. No, there's not. There's my, not least favorite, my least favorite is a good, it's a good one. Right. Yeah. Greg? Um, <clears throat> main riff to this one is a little boring. I agree with Ralph. It's killer filler, but it is still filler. It doesn't have the same epic feel to it the first five tracks did you know it's a little bit of a step down right it's still a pretty good song yeah Yeah. yep i think they did it's it did its job it's a song (laughs) yeah i just feel like i just feel like that riff could have been a little bit more interesting and i'd like it better yeah but you know it, it all led up to the next song insane i mean that title says it all in this one i think it's i think it's gotta be the fastest merciful fate song Yet, right? I don't ever think uh, I it's like play. a thrash tune. Yeah. Well, it it's like the a... fastest all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but I think it's Yorn. Uh, his drumming is he's on fire through this whole entire song. Yeah. And there's two spots where he like stops for like a second, and then as soon as he stops, he's just back up to doing the double bass again. I would be dead in the first two five, uh, like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, man, God. almost like a drum. Machine, yeah, I, who knows? But he's yeah. got some fast legs. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's my favorite part in this whole thing. I just hearing him, con- even though it's the same beat throughout the whole song, and even all, the guitars, everything, the whole song is the same way all the way through. Basically, it's still a cool song. I still think it's it's one of my favorites on this. But uh, yeah, it's an awesome song, and uh, you really never hear him do something like this all the way through like that. So that's what kind of interests me in this song a lot. So I like this one, Ralph. Yeah, this was the first song I heard off the album because I used to do this college radio show. I mean, I was like a guest on there mm. and they used to get CDs early, you know, so mm. they got nine before it came out and the DJ picked this song to play. Mm. And, you know, he didn't even tell me because he knew I was a huge Merciful Fate fan and he kept it quiet that he had this. Mm. Then when he started playing it, you know, we all like, you know, we, we, we do a little chit chat during the song. 
But then I hear that fucking boy. I'm like, I don't, dude. This this is, this is King Diamond Merciful Foods. Yup. And then he holds up the CD. I was like, oh, what the hell? You know. And oh my god, this song is just unbelievable. You know. And yeah, for 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 a while, this was my favorite song off the album because um, it's just so pummeling. You know. And um, you know, and that yeah. That double bass is insane, and the lyrics, oh, doctor, kill the pain. <laughs> when I look in the mirror, I love that stuff, man. Uh, this is one I like to play on my radio show a lot. I played this quite a bit. You know, a lot of, not a lot, a lot of people are aware of this. And I remember my friend, Holy George, who is like the death metal guy, but he's a huge Merciful Fade fan. When we drove to St. Petersburg to see this show, I played him this song first. I go, dude. This is a numerous fate, and he was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Right, you know." And unfortunately, they didn't play it. But what a great song! But there was a song that's coming up that eclipsed it because of that show I saw. But I love it. Insane is my very close second favorite song on here. Wow, very cool. Who's listening to Muscle Fate now? In the background. Yeah, here's a little. <laughs> my. <clears throat> I moved my arm and my headphones came unplugged so you could hear it very quietly coming over the speakers. <laughs> like, what is that noise? Uh, Lisa. Yeah, man, this song, it's kind of like painkiller. It's just yeah. relentless. It just doesn't let up. And when you think it's good, it's like, you think, oh, they're going to change it up. Yeah, no, no, they're not. <laughs> they're going to keep punching you in the face repeatedly. Um, and one thing that I noticed and I thought that you might complain about it, Wayne, oh. is they do that Middle Eastern kind of harmonic minor oh. <laughs> thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like that, uh, you know, the the mad Arab kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it's they worked it in so, so cool. You didn't even didn't even bother. You, yeah, man. No, that no. single note guitar it melody. And it works. It gets a little mathy in the middle. So it's got some bells and whistles. But again, Hank uses that fucking annoying super fast flangy patch again sounds like he's underwater <laughs> it's the only thing that bothers me but other than that it's like that song just slams right out of the gate and doesn't stop yeah. killers and, 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 and how it ends it's like so pummeling and then how it ends with that it's like even gets even more because the thing is the song is so fast but the guitars are kind of doing you know you know and even King is kind yeah. of singing at mid-paced. Right. Everything's kind of mid-paced except the drums. But at right. the very end, everybody comes in like real fast with a and fucking awesome. What a song. Awesome. Greg. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the song too. Like mm. destruction level type shit. It's like I a- love it. Yeah, Inferno Overkill type shit. Okay. Yep. I love it. My second favorite song on here is just pure thrash. And the drums, total spotlight of this. Yeah. Awesome job. Uh, Kiss the Demon kind of metals it out again. Uh, pretty good song. There's some similarities between this song and the song Ghosts of Change from Into the Unknown, I think. The way he yep. sings uh, the verses, very similar. Uh, cool song. Probably my least favorite, but still a good song. Has its Merciful Fate trademarks. Uh, Greg. 
No, I noticed it sounded like a ghost to change too during those parts. That was one of the first things I thought of. Mm. I like it. Not really one of my favorites on here. Um, it's another one of those where it's a good song, but it's kind of filler to me. Yeah. I like it. but yeah. Exactly. Lisa? Well, he had to put a goofy song on there. I mean, that's <laughs> right. kind of been the theme that, with the past couple the You got to have one lyric. goofy ass. <laughs> It's better than Mandrake. It's all that matters. Oh, wow, God. Not as goofy as Mandrake. <laughs> but the lyrics are corny. What's this? Stick out your tongue and let him taste a little of your blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, and it's and then it goes it goes from that to tra la la back back to the intro part again. <laughs> it's it's multi movement though, so it's got some you know that old school. There's a lot of that old. It's very it's a very King Diamond song. He wrote it. It does these switches, like even in the intro, it's like it's major, and then boom, it switches to minor. So it's creative. Uh, it's got a slam and solo section, mm-hmm. and the vocals are freaking over the top. But you know, it there's just some corny, goofy shit in there too. <laughs> but that's what I like about yeah. you know, it's tongue in cheek. Right? Yeah, it's not a bad song, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah, it is my least favorite on here. It's a strange one with those mellow sections. Mm-hmm. And uh, those mellow sections, to me, has some charm to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this song is kind of just there. You know, it does not have, like, any climax that that you usually get, you know. But that heavy middle section before the solo, I find it to be the best part of the song. Yeah. And when, when, when King screams, you know, you better watch out. He does it a few times. Uh, you know, that. The, it, like I said, man, this is a great album, and this is my least favorite, but it's not a skippable track. I dig it. Kiss the Demon. Kiss the Demon. Uh, Buried Alive. This is my second favorite song of his album. <laughs> Kissing Kiss the My Demon. demon. <laughs> uh, uh, the music is awesome. I love the intro where you can hear some of the, the them digging the grave. You know that's pretty cool. And uh, the guitar chords in the beginning, I like as well. Um, I love the lyric "Wake up, you're still alive. Wake up and die." I love that. <laughs> and uh, it's another song, just old school muscle fate to me. Got a lot of old school riffs in there, so it's a good one. Ralph. Yeah, this one rules. Uh, yeah, I love that great intro with the shovel and the yeah. dirt and that little intro riff, and then. Song just plows along with amazing sections. Mm. Uh, it's very well crafted tune, man. For and I consider it like a deep track, yeah. but yeah. It, it's on the album because it's cool when they put some good tracks toward the end. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, you know, like Kiss the Demon would have sucked if you left it. If it would have been, oh there, yeah, you know? but, oh, man, yeah. It, but you know, it's perfectly placed because it keeps you. It keeps the album kind of alive and vibrant, and I love Buried Alive, and I hate people that hate, that don't like this album. So unsubscribe <laughs> to Rack Salad, you bitch. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. Fuck you all. Unsubscribe, unsubscribe now. Yeah, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe to Rack Salad. Subscribe to Vieira Vault. I accept bitches over there. <laughs> Lisa. Oh, no, you're not a bitch, just you're next. 
Oh, speaking well, of bitches. Well. Hey, Lisa, what do you got to say? That's all right. I wrote a song called This Bitch. It's autobiographical. So, yeah, I fucking love this song. I think it's classic King Diamond. It's heavy and melodic. And that's the name of the game. And that's why I like Merciful Fate. Because it's, it's heavy and it's melodic. It's not like, oh, we have to be all this one thing over here. It's got changes that are cool and they're seamless. These changes are really seamless. The, the solos are killer. It's multi-movement. Again, like the whole theme of the album, it seems like that verse-chorus thing, they, it comes back to the main theme. So there's a lot of old, old Merciful Fate where, you know how you arrange a song, the A section and the B section, and it'd be like A, B, A, B, C, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H-I-J-K-L, you know, that's a merciful bait song. <laughs> but here they go back to like the B and C section. So, but I, what, what, into the eyes of the dead, what? Uh, <laughs> what looking down into the eyes of a dead. I don't know. A dead what? I don't know. Uh, it's a just dead a I think it's a dead flat. I think it's an ESL thing. Every now and then I run into these English as a second language things like in Avatar albums. And he, it, I mean, wouldn't he say looking down uh-huh. into the eyes of the dead? But he just said a dead. Like a, yeah. a dead person is just a dead. I, yeah. I honestly thought he said the until you just yeah, brought it he up. He says uh. Hmm. Hmm. That's what it sounds like to me, anyway. But what yeah, is no, the it says it says uh. So yeah, I don't yeah. Know. a dead what? Just a dead, a dead, a dead person, something, anything. Yeah, but anything. the high high harmonies and stuff. It's classic King Diamond. It's classic Fate. Yeah, I think so. so thumbs up, Greg. Yeah, great song. Nine. All right, we already said everything, so <laughs> might as well keep it going. Keep it going. Good. To the last song and the last of the flange guitars and the flange of anything on his album, number nine. Uh, regardless of the flange, cool song and ending for the album, slow and doomy. I like how the chorus part is uh, has that stops in the uh, get, with the guitars and it's got the like Twilight Zone type guitar thing going on, and King singing over that. Uh, the song speeds up a little, but uh, still stays in that slow uh, doom groove. Really cool song and great ending for the album. Uh, Ralph, this has to be the song you ha- you were talking about when we started the show. Yeah, and and like that again, they saved the best for last. I think this is the best damn song on the album, and yeah, I, I, this to me is not a song; it's an experience. Mm. It's just yeah. so out there. You know, at first I didn't get this song until I saw the tour. You know, and they open the show with the song, which is a weird song. Really? To open the show, dude? Yeah. Yeah, they open the It's an odd song to start the show, but when I watched them played, when I watched it played live, it's like I clicked right with it. I was like, oh, you know, I mean, it's still not a great song to start live, but I mean, it is actually now I think about it. It's just, you don't think about it when you listen to the studio version. Right. But, uh, man, when I watched it, it sold me. You know, it overtook Insane as my favorite track. And I think this is, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think this is the only song in the Fate and King discography 
that he doesn't use falsetto. You you hear it a little bit in the background in one part, but mm. for the most part, he doesn't hit no highs. Mm. And that's very unique. And uh, on a scale to one to nine, I give this song a nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, a friend of mine... He doesn't really. He likes King Diamond, but he's not like a big fan of his or whatever. He and he doesn't like the high note kind of stuff. And when he heard this album and and Dead Again, he kind of likes that stuff a little bit better because King doesn't do all those high, you know, pitch screams and stuff that he usually does. So you know, it's it's cool because it it for people that don't like that stuff, it maybe brings him into the band a little bit more. You know, so it's it's cool that he does that. Lisa, you know, I I guess I would have to listen to this song a little more because it seems like. You know, oddly enough, Mike Weed wrote this song. Mm-hmm. So Sherman didn't write it. King Diamond didn't write it. The The intro is so long on this song that the actual song itself is really short. And it seems mm-hmm. abrupt to me. Mm-hmm. And it seems a, a little anticlimactic to me, mm-hmm. the way it ends. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of an anticlimactic uh, ending it does kick in it's got this head banging section it's got this cool high single note guitar ostinato that you know the guitar is playing it the guitar is playing it, the guitar is playing it and then everybody plays it at the same time mm. so i thought that was cool so there's cool little arrangements and stuff in there but to me it just seemed like it it, it was a short song and it's gonna oh it's over <laughs> yeah. oh okay i guess the album's <laughs> over now so, yeah, it's not hitting me as as, as heavy as Ralph. Great. Yeah, and you know, believe it or not, Lisa, I've, I I thought like you before I saw it live. I, I I didn't really think this song did anything for me when I first heard it. I didn't dislike it. I just thought it was too weird. Mm. And then when I saw it live, I was like, oh man! I, then you know, then after the the live show, when I went back and revisited this song, I was like, yeah, man, mm. this is my favorite track because it's just so out there. I love it. I love it. I like that when you go to a concert and you hear like a song like this or just any song and you don't really notice it when you listen to the album, but then you play it live. You don't get it. Then when you play it live, you're like, oh. That's like the the Klansman, the Iron Maiden song. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I I, I like the Blaze era, but then when I saw Bruce singing it, and it's just, I was like, holy shit, that's an awesome song. It's so much better than I thought it was, you know. Well, it's kind of like the entire Saxon catalog. (laughs) (laughs) sorry to say the albums are kind of these are cool they're cool and you see them live it's like these songs rule yeah Yeah, the the only essential section album is uh, Eagle is Landed for sure Greg number nine Um, like Ralph I did not appreciate the song at first and then I saw him do this live on the tour and it's very cerebral very moody, very creepy song. And uh, that made me like it, although I will say, listening to it today, the intro is much better live than it is to listen to on the record. But I like it as a whole. Very mm. cool song. Did they use the flange live yeah. as well? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember. I have a bootleg of that show somewhere. Oh, yeah? Not the show I saw, but I have a bootleg of the Nine Tour on a videotape somewhere. Well, you know, Flange wasn't something I was thinking about at the time, so I... Now <laughs> you will never not... Um, yeah, not, yeah, you'll notice it every time now. But, but like, it, 
It did sound more distorted like that because that's more, you know, Mike Weed style. And that's another thing. I think that the rest of the band kind of gelled with him more here and they did something a little different. I don't like saying modern because it's like Merciful Fate, but fresh. Merciful Fate. Right. But um, if you ever listen to his first band, Hex and House, this song would make a little bit more sense with as far as it being one that he wrote. Yeah. I really gotta uh, listen to that stuff. They had some otter interludes like that. Mm. But I was talking to Greg because I just put out, took out the uh, little booklet inside the uh, vinyl. But uh, I used to have the King Diamond shirt with his face on it. Well, I still mm-hmm. have it somewhere. I just don't. It doesn't fit me very well anymore. But I used to have that shirt. I always thought that was an awesome picture of the band too. I just I liked how they looked. You know, they look dirty. Uh, yeah, they do. But that was that's a really awesome picture. All right, so awesome album. Uh, uh, oh wait, wait, you know, what? wait! There what? is another track. What? Where? Yeah, yeah not, there's a bonus. Not on the there's a bonus. Release. No, not on the American release, but there's a Japanese. bonus track called S8, and it's an instrumental that does not really go anywhere. It has some nice riffs, but I can see why it was left off. But there is. It's about uh, two minutes and change. It's called so, what? Because you broke S H. S H. S dot H. And that's on, on what? On the it's, Japanese. I guess the CD. Japanese. Oh. Wait, that must be the. Huh, that must be the first time he's ever gave an extra song to Japanese. Uh, probably, records. yeah, you're probably right. Because he's never given them extra bonus tracks ever. Sometimes and they I demand just, stuff. You know, they'll say, "If you're going to do this, you got to give us a bonus track." Because he's he's always so against it. Because I think somebody asked him about that, and he was always against it. So that's interesting. Because I've never ever known that. Uh, uh, And I just punched up the set list of the show I saw, Hmm. and they opened with Lucifer, which is you know, yeah, uh, Yeah. not even live. You know that tape of Lucifer Hmm. going into nine, then Evil, Doomed by the Living Dead, Nightmare, Desecration of Souls, Sold My Soul, Burning Hell, Melissa. Last Rite, Satan's Fall, The Legend of the Headless Rider, A Dangerous Meeting, and closing it out, Come to the Sabbath. Yeah. What a set list. What a killer set list, man. Awesome. Hell yeah. Maybe when uh, every, the concerts get back into uh, you know real life again, maybe I'll go get to see them, hopefully. I don't know. They seem to only do like big festivals or something now, so who knows? Yeah. I doubt it. But it'll be awesome. One day we'll get back to normal, right? Hope I so. sure hope so. so. I think it'll be next year, but then again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope so. Uh, Lisa, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, still working on uh, some uh, Splintered Throne tracks for a new album. So that's going a little slower than we'd like, but we just had a pile. We're doing, we're doing the Dropbox thing. Mm. So all these guys just threw all these files into the Dropbox and be like, Oh shit! This sounds really good. So <laughs> I've got some more goodies to listen to today. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. That, that's like the greatest feeling, Lisa. Yeah. When you, listen, when you listen to something that you came up with from scratch, it's mm. such a great feeling, you know. Yeah. Well, you know these these guys. It's it's usually Jason Moser's guitar player. He's been writing the majority of the the music, and then I've been writing the melody and the lyrics. And putting that on top, and then we've just kind of been tweaking here and there to make those two things 
meet. So it's been it's been a fun experience in co-writing because I I don't co-write typically. So mm. it's been a really fun experience. And I'm just, you know, champing at the bit. It's just tough because, you know, it's getting scary out there with these new COVID variants and stuff. We mm. got an 84-year-old woman and a cancer survivor living in this house. And it's like, we can't be screwing around. So uh, we're just champing at the bit for everybody to get the jab in the arm. And then we can start rehearsing again. Because, uh, yeah, it's it's hard doing stuff remotely. Yeah, I can. Well, yeah, I do know. I'm the opposite. (laughs) I'm the opposite. I have never written a song alone in my life. I mean, I did once, and I'll Mm -hmm. never do it again. I wrote a song (laughs) called Thrash or Die, and it's a great song. I brought brought the idea to the band, and we rehearsed it. We we ended up using one of the middle sections for a massacre, but the song, of course, like Thrash or Die. Thrash or die, and then like you know, we're going outside and having a smoke, and my my uh, my drummer's like, you know that chorus that goes thrash or die. I go yeah, he goes, you should change it to this song sucks. <laughs> no. And then you know, I mean, honestly, I don't give a fuck what people think, but when he said that, I thought, yeah, you know, you're right, dude. Fuck this, I ain't writing shit alone no more. <laughs> But I did write a middle section that's awesome for that song. It's on Metal Massacre, the middle section of that. So I did write some music. I write a lot of music with the band, but I can't do a complete song. I never have. So, yeah, I mean, even, you know, with co-writing what I was telling you, Lisa, it's just so amazing. You know, something that you and somebody else, you know, out of thin air, you do. And then when you hear it back, damn, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like my my goal is always to write something. Well, when it came to writing The Poisoner, is to write something that I would have bought when I was 16 years old at the local record store that I would have right. taken home. I would go, hey, this rocks, man. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the goal. And that's the goal with this Splinter Throne record, too. <laughs> cool. Right on. To hear it. But yeah, it is, it is very hard to write music. I don't know how anybody writes lyrics. You know, I, we, I, I, I'm the lyrics. I, I write all the lyrics to my oh, song. God, it's it's so freaking hard. I, I, me and my friend, we did eight songs, and he did four songs with the lyrics, and I did four songs, and three or two or three of them I got fairly quickly, but the last one I just did, I had it kind of written down, and then I didn't really like it, but then I just had no idea, so I just gave it to the guy to sing it, and when he sang it. I was like, holy shit, it, it actually sounds good. So I'm happy with it. But you never know until somebody sings it what it's really going to sound like, you know? So we'll see what happens when it's all complete and done. Nice. Uh, Ralph, what do you got going on? Anything else? No, I'm totally you, you, bummed. Um, what happened? What's going on with the Merciful Fate thing you're doing? You're doing like a little documentary type thing. Uh, I stopped it. I will, I will continue, but I lost uh, the feverish. I need that feverish oomph in my yeah. blood system yeah. I started working on it and then I just thought I'm kind of not feeling it let me push it aside and uh, and then get back to it when I feel like doing it again um, so yeah that, that will not be done as soon as I thought but you know I mean I expect it to be done maybe sometime this year maybe it may be in December but Maybe up by then. I'm sure I'll do it, you know, when I get that oomph again. And as far as uh, my musical career, it's totally in the toilet at the moment. Oh, God. That sucks. Uh, maybe It may be the end of Thrash or Die. 
Why? It's out of my. It's it's not. It's just out of my control. I don't have a band, and the one, the main person that I was writing all the songs with, I recorded, you know, Atomic Punk with you, uh, mm. with your band, and I did it all at his place, and now he, uh, him and his wife separated, and he moved to oh. Tampa, four hours away, and I got nothing. Oh man! So I'm kind of fucked. Mm. But I mean, I will. I don't know about Thrasher Die, but I will. I do have a band called Old Leather that will be mm. done. And yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, what can I do? I mean, I, I I don't stress it. I'm very proud of what Thrasher Die has done. We toured the world. We're in a movie with Lemmy. That people mm. that have Thrasher Die tattoos. There's Thrasher Die bootleg shirts. You know, awesome. so I can't complain. Oh yeah, and I gotta stress. Um. The Godfathers of Bay Area DVD uh, with Bob Nalbamian. It has Metallica, Slayer, like the big names, you know, mm-hmm. of the Bay Area. That DVD, the soundtrack is Thrasher Die. Oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah, it's it, the, volume one's out now, and you can you can uh, watch it on Amazon Prime, um, and also volume two is coming out in March, I believe. And again, more Thrasher Die music in it, so. I can't be prouder, man. So mailbox money. That's mailbox money. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. things get straightened out and uh, you know, you get some music. I, I I will I will do something again. It's just you, you got to learn stop. how to do it yourself. You got to get the little interface and you get Reaper or whatever program you want and it's it's not that hard. It's very easy. Buy me one. No. I'm. I'm not your. I, I got don't the buy audio your... box for like 120 bucks, man. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. There bad. you go, Wayne. It's only 120 bucks. Give me. <laughs> yes, yeah, sell a couple records. All those, all those subscribers you got, they can buy you one. Come on. Go, go find me. <laughs> go find. I'll go find me. We'll we'll get him an interface at some point. Greg, what do you got there going? You go. Hey, hey, you got that? Nothing. On Good. Nothing at all. No, nothing. No. Right, good. Yeah, pretty much. It's all good. Check out the Vieira Vault, Almost Human 56 on YouTube. That's right. Or and on Red Zombie. I've a lot of the Ninja Turtles lately. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Turtle power. Fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. RedSoundReview.com. Please buy some T-shirts. Uh, please buy some of uh, Lisa's albums at her band camp and take the demon with you. And hail Satan. Kiss the demon, Lisa. Kiss the little demon. Let him bite your tongue. He wants a little blood. Black the blood. Smack him a gob. Bye. <laughs>